Hi, this is Kevin Allison from the Risk Podcast. You are listening to Masocast, and it is for adults only. So have fun. Hello, and thanks for downloading yet another episode. Uh, the last episode came out October 25th, uh, and today is December 13th. A lot of people have been emailing, saying, are you okay? Did you die? Uh, just everything's okay. Everything's good. Uh, slight change in how I uh, approach the podcast. And uh, it sucks, but I had to, I had to make a decision. Uh, before, uh, I, had, I had decided that the uh, first job, the day job, the second job, second full-time job, and the podcast were all on the same priority level. And what that meant was is I didn't uh, I didn't have time for anything else. Uh, and that really sucks because uh, obviously I know a lot of people uh, enjoy the show, depend on the show. That might be a strong word, but that's what they say. And um, yeah, I, I hope to someday be able to go back to doing two or more a month. But uh, until I don't have to do the second job, that's, that's just going to have to be the way it is. And I have no idea when I'll be able to not have a second job. For the near future, I'm going to try to do, you know, at least one a month, but it might be a month and a half. I have no idea. Um, so I, I know I've said this in the past, but if some eccentric billionaire wants to, you know, give me a full-time job doing the podcast, you know how to email me. There you go. That's a story. That's what you can expect. Hopefully it'll change someday, but in the meantime, let's get to today's episode. We've got two people on the show this episode. Shermie, someone who's been uh, a friend of mine for a very long time, and I've been bugging him to do the show, and he finally said yes. He said yes, and he said, uh, I want to have my friend on the show with me. And so I said, of course, and I'm glad we finally got to do it. So both of them are really have really interesting stories to tell. And uh, I know you'll enjoy it. Here's Shermie and Leatherwings. Thank you both for for joining me on this. I've been bugging Shermie for ages and ages to do an episode with me. And every time I've said it, he says, well, you know what? Let's wait until we can get Leatherwings in the room as well. And I'm like, who is this Svengali who's got control over Shermie in such a way? <laughs> Not is this, a is this a cult thing that I'm worried, I should be worried about? Do we need to do an intervention or something like that? <laughs> but it's because you're really, really good friends. Time spent with Shermie is always time in intervention. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm speaking clinically. <laughs> Shermie knows everyone in the scene. It's insane. It's insane how, how you're everywhere here. Is there anything you don't go to? Pretty much my, my personal kink is is basically accepting others. Uh, and I find of myself drawn to all the different niches within the scene where people don't normally go unless they're really part of it. I, I thought you said something amazing. Um, yeah. You know, you said yeah. really accepting you know, everyone, accepting everyone on their own terms is yeah. my kink. Yeah. Uh, and, and that has drawn me into different areas of the scene where most people wouldn't necessarily go. And I found myself being very welcomed in places that normally I wouldn't have thought if I hadn't taken the leap. 
And mm. I think the leap of it has to go back to um, the first year I discovered there was a lifestyle and started exploring different parts of it. And I went to the party scene, and then I went to the vamp scene and the goth scene, mm-hmm. and the 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 masked master and slave scene. And I found myself, um, you know, being accepted everywhere, and it became an avocation of mine to go out a lot. And it's been a lot of fun. I've made a lot of friends, met a lot of people. Um, and I just get a lot of joy out of hanging out with people who lead very different lives. And when you uh, come to events like this, everyone knows you and your dance card is almost always full. It's almost like you need a personal assistant or something like that to to manage your play schedule. Yeah, I need a personal trainer, too. But, <laughs> but it's this event here, Test Fest, I think this is my seventh or eighth Test Fest in a row. Wow. It's always been the... Um, beginning of summer for me is Test Fest. And when I first came here, I knew nobody except one or two people. And I met two people or three people, and they introduced me to other people, and they introduced me to other people. And I started going to the classes where I got some taste of education. And then the next year, there was more, and I knew more people. And it just seems every year I come back, I know more and more people. And it's almost, it's it's like a spider web of connectivity. And where I've essentially, I can't walk through the lobby without being groped and greeted, <laughs> kissed, smooched. And it's, it gives me great joy and pleasure to do that. As far as my dance card, um, I've tried to learn skills for play. And I've focused on a couple things that nobody else does or does well, um, to the point I've, I have a reputation of doing it well, so people want to play with me. And the word is play, because yeah. it is not any serious power exchange voodoo that I do with people, which turns them into something that they aren't. It's just having fun and joy and exploring sensations and relationships and building friendships. And this is uh, where I've come from and what greatly enjoy. Sherman, Sherman, will you play with me? Yes. (laughs) Yes. A lot of people will email me asking how they can get into the scene and how they make friends. And they'll go to events, they'll be all alone. And they'll, you could almost write a book because of the way, I mean, 90% of it, I think, is your attitude. You're, You're a very friendly person. You don't come off as creepy. You're not, you're definitely, you don't have a ulterior motive. Or if it is, it's, you're playing the long game and it's really, you've really got us all fooled. And, uh, and it's really, it's just really, it's really, uh, your joy in just the activity itself, uh, definitely comes across. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. The long game is important because it's, it's just, it's a long game. Yeah. I don't expect anybody to be short term in love with me necessarily just on meeting me, but I expect to see people again and again and build on friendships yeah. or commonalities. Um, and this is what gives me, you know, great pleasure. I go out all too often. I'm right. lucky enough in life to have enough time and energy and to to do this. And I live in a city which is very scene dense. Yeah. Uh, that is a blessing to me. I think I'd be bored out of my mind in middle America or 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 in the hinterlands. <laughs> right. Any was it blue state? Uh 
Are we in a blue state or a red? We're in a blue state. We're yeah. in the red state. Yeah. I would no, report. red state, right? Well, Jersey, Jersey. is a red state. Yeah. Actually, Jersey is a blue state, depending on which you're looking at. Well, I definitely, definitely like a multi, a rainbow state. Right. Sure, right, yes. And and that's where I'm lucky enough to live in, which grants me all these opportunities to have fun. So let's talk about your personal history. Leather Wings, you've got mm-hmm. a very interesting story mm-hmm. about how you got into kink and how you deal with the kink scene. Do you want to tell us how you how you got into it? Sure. Um, I moved um, actually from Michigan to, to Boston, uh, where I live now with my partner, submissive partner. Um, <clears throat> I'm dominant in our relationship. And um, probably around 94, 95, um, when, when we did have a scene in Boston... Um, because now um, what scene there is is all underground. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a club uh, called Man Ray, and that was the place, which was great. It was centralized, and so I started uh, going to Man Ray. And um, at the time, I was dating somebody else and just started kind of experimenting with, you know, um, and I guess... You know, I guess, first of all, you have to be kind of a little bit exploratory or, or, or you know, you have to be kind of a sexual being, right? Mm-hmm. To come, I think, to an event or, or a club, a fetish club, fetish night, and, and be curious, at least, right? And right, want There's a certain to level of motivation you need just to yeah, go exa- get out exactly. of the house. Yeah, so, exactly. So I, you know, started to, to taste the forbidden fruit of fetish, and uh, it wasn't called BDSM back then. It was just called a SM mm-hmm. uh, or kink. And, um, and actually, you know, I sort of just evolved from there. And, um, as I was telling, uh, Megan, Megan McCord earlier, um, I started out in the scene as uh, a crossdresser. Um, and I did sort of kind of had a sort of crossdressing drag image mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And, um, a lot of my friends were genderqueer. We didn't have that word at the time. Um, and, made a lot of friends and just it sort of it sort of took off from there you know to to play parties and to um kind of developing interests in the scene um and uh I also happen to be que- well I call myself queer but you know I guess practically um bisexual meaning I play with men and women mm-hmm. and other people on that gender spectrum so you know I met a lot of people too and um you know, I was kind of able to to get connected. Um, you know, to find great events like Test Fest and um, kind of events like Folsom Street and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think the other part to my story is the fact that you know I'm blind, and uh, even back then when I used to cross dress, I was blind. Right. You know, so uh, it got really difficult to accessorize with that white cane. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> Have you always been blind? Or? Uh, well, since the age of seven. Okay. Yeah, and my vision has actually gotten worse. Um, you know, this was 20 years ago I started um, kind of doing scene stuff and becoming interested in BDSM and uh, taking it seriously in my life. And um, and so it's kind of been an adjustment for me, you know, from that time till, till now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so grateful when I reflect back on, yeah. on that time. Um, and... You know, that was, you know, graduated from school, moved out to Boston, um, had a partner at the time. I was married and we kind of explored it together. 
you know, in, in the 90s. Yeah. And she was perfectly fine with, you know, my wanting to cross-dress and, and go out and, you know, do this sort of fetish thing, you know, that actually I no longer really do, um, which is also kind of, I think, unique. I think a lot of um, uh, cis males that um, cross-dress tend to do it throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and for some reason, I, you know, just stopped doing it. I mean, one of the reasons, I think, was it's just a hell of a lot of work. Right. Right. I mean, you come to Test Fest and you want to, like, do some transformation or even some gender fuck, you know, you're packing, like, three suitcases, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, and for me, like, someone has to do my makeup, you know, so, so you know, you have to get somebody involved there. Of course. And stuff like that, yeah. It's much easier just to flog and single tail somebody do you think it's maybe because uh it sounds like you were interested in one primary thing when you were starting out early maybe because you explored and found other things that you either enjoyed as much or enjoyed more that that's what that's what changed for you or is it just something that waxed and waned as time went on yeah um you know there was a a party i went to in rochester new york and i was I was in sort of the slutty girl drag and, uh, you know, this was a fetish BDSM party and I was over a bench and I remember having this blonde wig on and, uh, somebody, uh, came over who was this, that top who played hard that everybody was afraid to play with. Right. You know, uh, a, a woman and, um, she came over and I had never been single tailed. And she single-tailed me, and it was amazing. And it took two or three strokes before, like, my wig flew off. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah. So, you know, I think once that happened, it opened the possibility maybe of of kind of exploring sensation and exploring S&M. Right. You know, Um, I shortly thereafter did things like branding, Mm -hmm. you know, getting... Decorative brandings. Yeah. Uh, here's one. I don't know if you can you see that. you got one on your uh, upper left thigh. Upper left thigh, yeah. which is a, a sun. Uh, there are two rings of chevrons and dots that were nail heads. Yeah. And that was done in like 1995, 96. So pretty early on. Yeah. You know, just kind of when body mod was, was becoming really popular. So, you know, I, I think for me it's like this... This erot- uh, you know, I've always been kind of an erotic explorer, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. And uh, I've always wanted to try different things. And, you know, I'm perfectly fine riding the currents, you know, um, kind of in the scene of BDSM. And um, like Shermie said, you know, I mean, what's most beautiful about the scene is the diversity and the, the chance to, to kind of be in this u- kind of unique supportive culture. And... Um, you know, there were so many people here, like at Test Fest, into uh, different types of play, and and it's just great to to kind of support that um, and to to witness that and to you know have your own fun. I want to get into more about uh, about how you deal with the scene as a blind person. Shermie, do you mind if we talk about your no no I've, I've been story? I've been listening attentively because Leatherwings is so much more interesting than mine. I doubt. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Listen. 
I know that's tough to follow, but I know <laughs> I know that you've got an interesting story too. It's interesting purely because it's shared by so many people. Yeah, um, I'm of an Asian. I grew up. I did not know kink existed. Yeah, and yet in retrospect. I've always been kinky, but didn't know kink existed probably until about 12 years ago uh, when I got when I found discovered this wonderful thing that Al Gore invented <laughs> called yeah. the Internet. Yes, yes. And I was able to find stuff which I thought was really interesting. One of the first things you yahooed at the time. Oh, my God. I mean, it was an epiphany. Yeah. And and then, you know, when I look back, when I think of my formative teenage years, I really liked looking at things like women in corsets. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain why I found that attractive until now. Of course. When, when I think back, wow, I was kinky. And I went through an entire, you know, um, adolescence and young adulthood with a very traditional marriage and children. And only when I did a career change and lifestyle change – uh, did I get a chance to explore uh, kink? And, you know, the internet, without the internet, I never would have known even where to begin. Sure. Um, and it was, and when I met people in the lifestyle, it was a whole new door opening for me, places to explore, people to meet. But I want to say it's risk-taking. And I realized I have a very risk-taking behavior, at least emotionally, to be able to do that. Uh, and it was, it's just been a fun ride. Uh, and, and being with people, and I just noticed now, I'm, I'm a senior citizen. And so many more people I meet in the scene are coming in younger and younger with TNG groups. And they seem to be so much more knowledgeable about who they are personally than I was at that age. And I think that's thanks to the information uh, superhighway environment. Uh, even looking back at gay culture, uh, when I was in college, so many of my friends were gay and didn't know it. Yeah. They felt uncomfortable in social situations that were traditional, but they didn't know they were gay until, you know, the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, when, you know, people started coming out. Stonewall. Um, it, and I think the kink scene is beginning to enter that same stage of of awareness and even acceptance and you know even even among non kinky people and, and the whole question I'm going to digress to yeah. you know seeking medical care my my primary care physician knows I'm kinky and how did I tell him was you know doing a routine examination he found some marks and was looking at them and thinking what was it you know through his mind I could read his mind right. was he mm-hmm. looking for some sort of bleeding disorder that I might have and I said. You know that Fifty Shades of Grey thing? <laughs> he said, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's never been discussed since, but now he's much more understanding. Does he say, like, look, look you're, I'm giving you this new medication. You might want to avoid flogging for a week. or no, that, so no, we don't talk activities. Okay. We don't talk activities, but it's an understanding of, of friends and people he's met of mine. Oh, okay. Which has been... Interesting. Yeah, he shakes his head a lot, which <laughs> which is always but which is always a marvel, Sherman. Always a marvel. He is. But uh, Sherman, you mentioned about people today. They're eighteen, nineteen, coming into the scene, and they already know. I'll get emails from people who either listen to the podcast or read the blog, and they'll be like, 
hey, thanks so much for writing about this or interviewing us about this. I've been really debating if I'm a switcher or not. I'm like, how? When I was 18 or 19, I, I didn't even think that it was an option, right? That it was even something I could... I thought, okay, you know what? This is just something that's kept me in my fantasy world. I'll never be able to act out on this. It's just preposterous. It's it's crazy. It's like, you know, it's like I'm going to be, I have the equal, there's an equal chance of it happening as me being the captain of the Starship Enterprise, right? It's just not going to happen. Whereas today, you're right, there's all this research that can be done early on. Someone can find exact porn, the exact thing that they're looking for, as opposed to, you know, you know, me is like, oh, well, this Playboy will do, I guess. You know, this is all that's around. Um, for so me, there's for a little me jealousy. Was, for I me, think, it was you know? Screw Magazine. Screw Magazine, okay. Well, of course, the back pages of Screw Magazine. Right. Al Goldstein made, made made one part of my life very pleasant. Right. For those who don't remember, that was the days before the internet with 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 paper. And it was just ads and, yeah. and, and smut. <laughs> And you used to read it secretively, of course. And the whole world has changed. Um, There's so much out there, informative. So, Shermie, how did you, uh, after you searched online and you found that this stuff existed, is when was, do you remember the first event or the first jump into kink, what it was? uh, The first really event is exploration. And without, you know, saying specifics is, is I started to become a client of ProDoms. Sure. And and that led me into the the world of at least fantasy, and that brought me to uh, certain chat rooms where I where I met people who are my friends to this day. And in fact, Leatherwings and I were discussing how we first met right. in a chat room, and then we ran into each other in an event, and it was like old home week. We were buddies for years. Yeah. I have people in Europe who I'm friends with who I met through chat rooms. Uh, and they're real people with authentic lives yeah. and who have become very dear to me. Uh, and it's been a wonderful thing to do that. I don't have pen pals. We have sure. electronic messaging and, and Twitter. And, and we can stay in touch. And we should say that's all too, all too much. Yeah. Even though you're divided by geography, thankfully, it's now possible. You can interact with someone as though you're, you know, you're hanging out. Close, you know, your, different your, time zones, but, right, sure. but close. Right. I but mean, you two seem to be able to keep in touch pretty regularly. It sounds like you guys are almost inseparable, from what I from what I understand. That's what the uh, that's what we like to give that impression. Yeah. We do. <laughs> we do. We, yeah, we, we we have our alone time. <laughs> believe me, believe me. But but quick story. So so when um, you know, nine hours down from Boston, heavy traffic on um, what was it Thursday. And so I get here and we go out to the patio, my submissive and I, and, and Shermie, I hear this voice behind me, come here, come here. I'm like, wait, oh, oh yeah. And, and then somebody grabs my belt loop, you know, with Shermie. Yeah, you know. So, so uh, we proceed for the next half an hour. He puts his arm around me and, you know, gives me love. And he, he introduces me to 10 more people I, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I you know, Shermie, for me, for somebody who is blind, say, and goes to a party in New York City and can't really see who's there, you might be able to check on FetLife who's going to that party mm-hmm. or whatever. But otherwise, you don't know, you know. Like, like he will introduce me, you know, around and – you know, to people uh, I know, people I don't know, and and off off I go, you know. So um, he's like that all the time. 
He does that to, and I don't want to make you feel like you're not special. He does that to everyone. You know, yeah, like, I, I know he right. does. And I'm sure he does and, it and that's much what makes better him, for you than anyone else. And that's what makes him, And that's what makes him special. Right. Right. Sure, I mean, we'll walk in the room if we don't know anyone. My, your head is getting so big. And right it now. is. <laughs> and I tell people I specialize in introducing people who know each other already. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I really like doing, you yeah. see. But I I do get great joy. And it's 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 just fun hooking people up yeah. in, in many ways. Uh, I, I get an, in, an internal positive feeling from doing this. And yeah. I, I can't tell you... Really, I haven't psychoanalyzed myself for the emotion of it, but I like social connectivity. You're growing your web, right? You're yeah. growing your, your your network is you've got a wide <laughs> network. It's very it's, it's a, you've got a very strong connection from each node to each node. This is very nerdy, but this is this is what you do. And I've never seen you. I guess I'd always love to see the moment. I've never paid attention to, close enough to actually look for this, but finding the person. That is, you're you're purposely avoiding or something because I'm sure there. I mean, there are bad people in the scene, of course. But I would love to see what that looks like. But I haven't seen it because you seem to like everybody and everyone likes you. So, for for I, I would love to see that one person. I'm like, God, I gotta stay away from that person. Shermy is avoiding them like the plague. That person must be a horrible person. That's never happened, or you're just. And, and, and it's rather. I'd rather not. To, and into our lives come people who come in and leave for significant reasons. Mm-hmm. And and my life is no different. Right. And there are people who are out of my life who I will not welcome back into it. Sure. And, but I have what I'd like to think of valid reasons for right. that. Right. My my reasons are not punitive, but more self protective. Of course. Uh, you know, and uh, and that's smart. And and you have to you have to live your your own life. It's not like you don't have plenty of backup plans. You've got oh, of you've course. got so many friends. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not hurting for for what am I going to do? But it's it's I really like to keep my life in a very positive karma sense. I really go out of my way not to say anything bad about anybody. Uh, And I find it very difficult to uh, deal with negative drama. I don't feel comfortable with it. So I do stay away from it. And there's a lot of it in in all of life. It's not just the scene. Uh, Life does have negative drama going on. People have bad feelings, bad needs, and I really go out of my way to try to avoid that, accentuate life in the positive. Well, I just know that the way your network works, and if you keep going at the rate you are, eventually presidential candidates will try to vie for the Shermie vote. (laughs) (laughs) He endorses. As soon as he endorses you, you're in. in. Only if you're very liberal. Right, right, right. You've got to pass the litmus test. Right, exactly. And the litmus test is really... Politically, sexually, very liberal. Yeah. Uh, and in this country, I, I feel uncomfortable in many ways with the socioeconomic status of mm-hmm. this country. Um, and I'd like to see it. You know, I'm very personally enthusiastic about some of the recent decisions which have been in favor of inclusive um, uh, attitudes, behaviors, relationships yeah. that I've seen recently, but still there is such a, a backwater of, of prejudice of and economic entitlement and political uh, political wheeling dealing, which makes me uncomfortable. And I, I'd like to be part of a change to the to the positive. So to get my vote and to get my people behind you, <laughs> you have to be. Uh, 
gender fluid. You have to be positive, accepting of all people and inclusive. And and that doesn't exist to the level in this country as it should at this moment. So someday. It's changed. Someday. Someday, someday instead of uh, farmers going or, or politicians going to Iowa and jumping on a tractor for a, a, a photo shoot, they'll be coming to Shermie's place and doing some fire play in front of the cameras and, you know. No, they'll be walking the streets, um, listening to people and trying to make everybody's life better rather than paying homage to uh, I'm getting really serious about this now. And it's, 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 I'm it's, scared. I'm getting scared. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's, think it's, he's it's ready a, to run to run for office. Political <laughs> homage to those haves who have supported them economically right. and contribute to their war chest. No, of course, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I'd like to see a lot of that change in this country. No, you and me uh, both, my friend. So, hmm. uh, you want you mind if we talk about being blind in the kink scene? Not at all. So let's do it. You, you mentioned early on, early on, some of the some of the difficulties trying to cross that dress with something that matches your cane, right? Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot more <laughs> right. that goes along sure. with that. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think um, in general, and you have to sort of talk about how people deal with perceived disability. In general, because it's the same in the scene, right? Yeah. As it is in the larger world. And I say perceived disability because, um, you know, one definition of disability is that disability exists in the environment and not in a person. And it's, it's, a, it's about barriers and challenges in the environment, mm. you know, and sometimes that's the social environment, you know. And here in the scene... You know, we're we, uh, it's a, it's about social, right? Um, it's about how we um, we can recognize each other, or we can connect with each other. Um, whether you know, it's about just come making friends, or be, kind of building a network, approaching a teacher after a great class, or you know, maybe trying to set up some play for yourself. And and so and so, it is definitely challenging. You know, I think a good rule of thumb, someone asked me today, um, who's who's running a party, like, you know, how do we make it accessible to, to persons who you know, are visually impaired or blind? And I said, well, don't worry about it too much, but don't assume a need. Don't assume ability. Right. Ask. Ask somebody if they need help. If you want to be inviting and let people know that you're willing to accommodate them. And maybe they need to, because to, they're in a building that needs to, to comply yeah. you know, with the ADA, et cetera. But if you want to be inviting and accommodating, in your literature, put, you know, we welcome differently abled people. Uh, if you need an accommodation, please ask. Um, and we'll do our best to accommodate you. You know, things, things like that. So being, being sort of proactive is, a, is kind of a way to deal with it. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky. Because I know other persons who are blind in this scene who are unpartnered. And I have a wonderful partner who is not only submissive and just just an amazing person, but is a service submissive. Right. So she loves to be of service, you know, and we even play up on that because she likes puppy play. So uh, we have done service animal stuff <laughs> we've done it here at test fest actually um and 
you know, uh, it's great because, you know, when you're partnered, all that stuff kind of goes a little bit more smoothly. So if, if you're, you're just saying if someone's running an event, the best thing to do is to make sure in the literature, when you're promoting it, make sure you've got, you're mentioning that. But at the same time, so, so, so that people know there's help available and they're aware uh, of needs that people might have. Right. But at the same time, they don't have to go out of their way to escort you everywhere you go. That's not anything you need, right? Exactly. And, and also to understand if you decline an offer of help, that that's okay, too. Yeah. yeah. You know? As a disabled-friendly person, mm-hmm. um, and my own struggle, you know, even in our relationship, is because I value so much to go. And you had to tra- you've had to train me. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of our, our discussion has I'm been- I'm still a, training. Yeah, you know, of course you're training me. <laughs> Uh, is is you know I try to go out of my way to meet your needs, right? And and many times I err on the side of being too helpful, right? And I've I've struggled with it. Should I be unhelpful? No, I'd rather be too helpful. Of course, yeah. I think that's natural. For, natural you know, thing, but you're not an asshole, hand, right? So. I've always been impressed with Leatherwings for the risks he takes. Like, for example, a specific instance, in one weekend he came into New York City so we could spend the weekend together. Mm-hmm. And we went to a party, we went to a museum. But he took, I, uh, I believe, the Port Authority, bus to the Port Authority, and I had to find you on the street right, in the middle of midtown traffic. Now, that was a very interesting challenge because me asking, well, where are you? And can you see me now? Did not <laughs> exist in the pickup uh, mechanics. Right. So I essentially had to literally stop, double, triple park in midtown traffic, run into the street, physically grab leather wings, and pull a kidnapping throw, and throw, throw me into the car, into the car. <laughs> and and get moving before the he cops to, came. He loves to sneak up on me. By the way, <laughs> that's great. Uh, and but, where and, are you? What what language are the people cursing at in your? And I'll build a. Is that Cantonese? Yeah. Okay. And it was it was a challenge for me to try to accept what was what what I felt was my obligation. As averse to what other things felt were the needs, of and, oh, yeah, and right, right. It was, exactly. it was, it was, it was a conflict for me, um, and I had to pay attention. You know, you had to teach me how to assist you in getting places. You know, rather than me literally leading you, you wanted me to assist you. Right. And there was a big. That's a big difference in dynamic. Of course, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really good to talk about it in terms of examples because. Because, you know, um, again, going back to the social piece, you know, I think, I think what's most affected when you don't have vision, I, I mean, a, a lot of things are obviously. People think, oh, I can't drive or I can't go to a books, an indie bookstore and just pick up a book. Um, the social piece, I cannot see my familiar faces, you know, at, across the courtyard at Test Fest. Or across the dungeon, mm-hmm. you know, or or my neighbors, for that matter. Um, and, you know, I may recognize some people's voices if they're distinctive. But if people's voices kind of blend in or are quiet, yeah, you know, I'm not going to recognize them, especially in noisy backgrounds and stuff like that. So, it, you know, I think it really, you know, kind of challenges you. I consider it to be a, a challenge 
I guess. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think all the sort of the adaptive skills and the way you kind of live your life as a person who has blindness, you know, for me, that's a challenge in a way. Sure. And, and, um, I'm okay with all of that, you know, and I'm very much in the present of things because, you know, although it's a little bit, a little nerve wracking to, to maybe walk around with, uh, just a cane and, you know, downtown Manhattan, Mm -hmm. it's, um, Edge play. It, it, it's, it's not definitely it's, edge. Play. It's edge play for Shermie, my, <laughs> my good friend Shermie. For for me, it's just it's fine. It's Tuesday yeah. for you, yeah. It's Tuesday for me because you know a lot of blind folks walk around, you know, uh, Manhattan. Yeah, you know. But you've been dealing with this for a while now. It's not like you yeah, know, right, right, right. And it's a lot different if you're first dealing with with vision loss. Um, you know if that makes sense. So. So, you know, I, I've had a long time to kind of, kind of adjust, you mm-hmm. know, and, and kind of accept and, um, kind of have my techniques down. Um, you know, one, one day I may get a service animal myself. There was someone in a class today with a service animal. Um, and when I do that, you know, I'll have to kind of adjust to that situation, sure. bring in, bring the service animal around with me. But, you know, so far so good. And I don't know how my sub would feel about that. Maybe some competition. Some competition right? going they'd be, on. They'd be, they'd be well, fighting for the harness. Your sub can train the, the dog, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> some experience there. Yeah, we've talked. We've actually talked about talked about that possibility. Um, but uh, I'm a cat person, so. Oh sure. Yeah. Well, do you, do you mind if I throw some dumb guy questions at no, you? No, go ahead. Flogging. It's what well, you you identify as a top. Is that what? You, is a, that correct? I'm a switch. You're a switch. Okay. Yeah. So, but you had mentioned. Uh, Flogging earlier, right? Like how? How? I mean, what is it? Do go by someone's voice? How they scream? What is? How do you find your target? You just, I mean, or do you have like a picture in your mind? Do you have a picture in your mind? You know right. where the things are, right? I like it when they scream. By the way, right? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, um, you know, a, a couple of things. Um, and I'll go with the non-visual things yeah. first because I do have a little bit of vision, so I, I use it when I can. Okay. In a in a dark dungeon, um, if it's my sub, I I, I mean it's almost like a, a muscle memory thing. Right. Like I know um, she's five one, um, small kind of area to flog on her back, you know, safe area, and you know I I kind of I kind of use the force, you know. Right. I kind of I kind of know how to land. I know by the sound of the flogger. You've, you've you got know, your tool that you're pretty much connected with. Yeah, I'm very connected with my floggers. Um, and, and so it's important for me to use my equipment, obviously. Yeah. Um, I single tail her. And when I do that, I will usually only do that when I have light on my side. Okay. You know, and um, just going back to the flogging question, we, we played in um, on a St. Andrew's Cross. We had a beautiful scene yesterday afternoon. And it was bright sun. And so that little bit of light kind of helped, you know, the contrast of the flog with the black tails or the black and purple tails, you know, on her back. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the, the touch. I mean, I very much believe in in play that, you know, connection is, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And building connection and um, kind of... Building that trust 
so that if there is is kind of chemistry and connection, you can you can play deeper. So, you know, um, you know, the uh, touch is involved. You know, I can tell, like for example, when you know a sub's back is kind of heating up, and whether it's getting a little mottled or yeah. or what have what have you. I mean, it's a lot easier, obviously, if you're bottom. Sure. If you're blind in a bottom, right? Um, because then you're just kind of responding to to the sensation. And you save a lot of money on blindfolds. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. But I'm... Um, <laughs> That's my worst joke. I'm going to hell for that one. That was terrible. That was, that was bad. That was but, like, but it won't be me sending you to hell. Right, 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 right. right. No. Yeah. So, so I bought them to somebody I have played with once before earlier today and it was and it was um actually on the same cross outside but you know it was in a nice kind of drizzle and um and and you know what's i think kind of nice about not having visual input is is you really are focused on you know the top and what and kind of the sensation and kind of being with that sensation and um you know we went we went to a really nice nice place went to subspace right which is fun, fun. Dumb guy question. Yep. Uh, for me, Sherman, settle down. Just if this is all. This is all me. You don't have to. I've got the dumb guy questions covered. Do you, uh, do you have heightened senses in other aspects? Um, you mean like like for yeah, example I, like like um, hearing? Yes. To be honest, well, I think you, I think the brain. Oh, so Shermie is now kind of stroking my hair a little bit. It feels really nice. Right, keep doing it, Daddy. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, to a certain extent, you know, I, I think when you don't get that sensory input uh, from from vision from your eyes, then you are going to develop, um, you know, a, a better auditory sense, maybe sense of smell. You know everything else being equal. Yeah, I'm I'm not congenitally congenitally blind, um, and so I pro- it probably doesn't happen for me as much as maybe somebody who was blind from birth, right? And totally blind. But yeah, sure. But but you know, like I was in indie rock bands for 20 years, and I recently discovered like I have have a little bit of a hearing loss in each ear. No oh, wow. At four four thousand hertz. Oh wow, that's it's, not it's not so terrible. You know, it's not terrible, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I can't go to another concert. You know? Right. You know, I better not do any more jamming in the basement. So, um, you, you gotta, you gotta definitely use what you got. I guess the biggest question for me is, when you go to paddles in New York, does the smell bother you more than it bothers me? <laughs> I can block it out. Okay. Wow, man, <laughs> damn, you gotta teach me that skill. Yeah. It smells like feet in here, and it's a dead guy's foot. <laughs> I don't go very often, though. Oh, okay. I'm from New York City, so that's probably how I deal with it. <laughs> how do you deal with the smell in pedals? You moved to Boston. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I'm going to ask this question. Did you, uh, were you in the scene enough? Did you go to the Hellfire? Because I hear all sorts of stories about the old Hellfire Club. You're asking me or Axe? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, I've been to Hellfire. Okay, so a I've times. heard a lot of stories. I've never been. I've heard a lot of stories. People are always like, Everyone who went uh, says it was the best. It was the best. And then they start to describe the worst conditions that I can ever, like, oh, it was amazing. There were scabs on the floor. You know, I mean, it's, you're like, what? Oh, it was beautiful. You should have been there. What? Are you crazy? Oh, there was a. It's all true. Right. Um, I, I, would, I would say, and there were several incarnations of Hellfire. 
Um, and I went in, I'm going to say 94, okay. maybe 94, 95. Um, I mean, it's true about the wankers. Uh, thank God I had a little more vision than I do now. <laughs> because <laughs> for people who don't yeah. I, know, there were people just, guys just jerking off, you know, over, you know, just everywhere. There's just people just jerking off. Right. And, and, and sometimes being very rude with, with their genetic material. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, so root of your genetic material, also the name of your indie rock band. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm, you know, going through it's like a filthy basement floor, and I'm, I'm sort of navigating this maze, and I have my cane, so I'm probably poking some wing wankers, oh, no. and they're, and they're probably loving it, <laughs> you know. Um, and so trying to navigate through there, and um, I mean, I, you know, I, I think if you if you like playing in a sleeve, get, getting a little bit of a sleaze on when you play, meaning, you know, I played with um, my girlfriend of the time there. She, she was topping me and it was a lot of, a lot of fun. I mean, we were on our feet, obviously not yeah. touching the floor <laughs> and we both had boots on. Right. You, you know, still have your but, hands. So I can tell you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever. Ebola it, it's up to eating away. Like, eating virus. I, I mean, there was, there was some equipment. There was very little equipment. There was this motorcycle that was bolted to the floor and, uh, Oh, that motorcycle seat. <laughs> um, yeah. So some pretty disgusting stuff, but, but I mean, that was the—that's the origin, yeah. really, yeah. right? Of um, of kink and uh, of play, and, and of it's a landmark in New York. It's historical, you know. Now we play in clean, well-lighted places, right? For so, us, for some people, for some people, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is also where you having a cane was a big benefit. Where instead of stepping in something, you could tell I, I, I could moist, yeah, moist, yeah. no, nope, moist. Oh, dry <laughs> land, dry land. Exactly. Sticky, oh, that's sticky, soft. Sticky. What is that? <laughs> My cane, Daddy, just, help me! It just sunk in a foot. How is that possible? That's terrible. Really, avoid at all costs. Ugh. Yeah, and I was also at the vault. Oh, okay. In his later in, incarnation. And I remember in the vault, I was wearing this red rubber dress um, that I wish I could fit into, but, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and and my girlfriend of the time and this um, woman who some people then called the Stone Butch, you know, um, you know, really sort of um, topish, you know, Stoic. Um, beautiful lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, we got to do a little sling play with me in the sling. So that was pretty fabulous, you know. Um, and that was at the vault. So I'm like, ah, I'm at the vault. Wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it was cool. How did you meet people at that time? You just go into parties? What was your, I mean, I, it's difficult enough. I mean, I was lucky enough to find some, but I found her in the internet age, even though we met at a friend's party. Right. But I mean, almost all my dates outside of that were all, you know, caller me, fat, you know, fat life. Right. How did you meet someone then? Was it just you're, you're going to go to, X, you know, test or I mean, so, well, how was your how did you find people that way? Right. Good. Good question. I, I mean, I, honestly, um, being young, young and much cuter. Pretty helps. Um, I, you know, I was on a, a bulletin board which was Boston Dungeons, Dungeon Society, had a bulletin board, BBS. Okay. And we had a pretty good community going. 
back in the 90s. Um, you know, that fetish club I talked about, like, you know, Man Ray. There were, mm-hmm. there were parties. There were parties Fridays and Saturdays every weekend back then in Boston. Right. It is nothing like that now. And, and just, you know, kind of like Shermie does it, you know, just networking with more people and, um, you know, people that were interested in what you were interested in. And, um, yeah, it was kind of amazing because I know how, how much social media now plays a role and how much the internet plays a role now. Whereas then it was just sort of complimentary to kind of what you would do real time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, in, you know, a lot of, I mean, most people in the scene kind of accept difference, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Accept difference. And so, oh, so, you know, um, this guy's a, bo- a bottom and he's wearing latex and he, he happens to be blind. No big deal. That That's interesting that I, but you're right. It's almost like, uh, being, everyone's different already. Right, everyone's already different, so having just uh, another difference is not that big a deal. It's I'm sure you ran into some yeah. some people who, you know, didn't didn't think that way, or maybe just weren't you know weren't as accepting. But the odds of finding someone more accepting in the kink scene were probably greater than the vanilla scene. Right, 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 definitely. And I think also attitude. You know, we talked about attitude earlier. Yeah. I mean, your attitude, how you feel about yourself. You know your your confidence level when you walk into a room, yeah. And you know, do you want to brighten the room or do you want to energy vampire the yeah. room? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and um, it's just it's amazing. It's such a gift just to be at an event like this and to be around yeah. so many great kinky people. You know, all doing their their thing. So. Um, you know, I think I've always had a really kind of kind of bright positive attitude about this stuff and and, and it's, like you said about attitude it's about just being friendly and and making it making sure that people know that you're not there for just an ulterior motive whereas you know one, one of my biggest mistakes early on when i would go to event i'd go to the dominant women's you know meeting at test or something like that i walk in like well there's two women, 70 guys, and I'm not attracted to the two women. So long, suckers. You know, and I'd walk up. And I did that for years. I'd go somewhere. What is there? Is there not someone who I'm specifically into? You know, so long. Right. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm just going to be friendly to people. Right. And that's what. And that has made all the difference. That type of thing. You know, just being, you know, taking the Shermie route and saying, all right. Well, I don't think anyone's had as much play partners as Shermie, but you know, I'm saying, uh, you know, trying, trying to go that route that, Oh, being friendly, instead of just saying, Hey, do you want to play as my opening sentence? You know? Right. Uh, yeah, definitely makes, makes a huge yeah, difference. It's, it's more about relationships than it is about just play. Yeah. And, and this is, and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm a dichotomy because I, I wear, I, I'm wearing a, a green wristband now, which essentially tells the world that I will play with others. Right. Uh, people ask me to play, and I do play with strangers yeah. uh, who I meet. But but when I play with strangers, I explain to them, this is the first time we've played. We're going to go very slow and very shallow, yeah. not deep, because it's not about really the play. It's about building a friendship, a relationship, so that we want to play again sometime. Yeah. 
It's not about what we do now, and it's more about just getting to know you and to introduce you to other people and other things. And it's not about a need as it's more about a giving. I've heard you describe yourself in some circumstances as a service top. Oh, completely. Oh, do you still identify? As uh, yeah, it's because I'm. I'm really not. Well, okay. Uh, number one, I'm not a sadist. Right. I get no joy or pleasure from hurting people. Okay. I'm not to say I haven't hurt people, but I've done it to meet their need rather than my need. Right. Um, and as a service top, I enjoy the the leading because. I'm older and have experience and I've I've studied and I like teaching and leading, but I'm not about overpowering. Yeah. I'm not about making people submit to me as much as I am about making people share playtime. Yeah. And it's supposed to be fun. And I tell people, if it's not fun, please tell me and we're not we're gonna go in a different direction or stop doing this because it's not about being anything good unless we're both enjoying this, yeah. uh, the experience. So that that really does help. But I also have developed a reputation as not somebody who hurts people. Because unfortunately, people do have this concern that they're going to go into the kink community and somebody's going to want to give them pain. Yeah. And to have somebody say, it's, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to, to have some laughs and have Don't some fun. Don't kid yourself. You've broken a lot of hearts, Jeremy. <laughs> I think I think it's it's all about no, but it's all about that. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's all about making people feel comfortable. I, you know, I'm I'm thoroughly thrilled about the Fifty Shades of Grey. Not because of anything about the Fifty Shades of Grey, but that it's made it more open and accessible in people's minds, so that they can look and explore. The membership and test has, after many years of decline, has significantly increased right. uh this event for example is totally completely subscribed this hotel is filled which has not happened before mm-hmm. we're sending people to a next door hotel for rooms uh these nights right. i think it's a wonderful testimony to the people who've worked so hard to make this weekend away from reality yeah. such an attractive pleasure for so many different people. Yeah, I want to go back to something that you talked about. And I think that for a lot of newer players, newbies are newer players, there's maybe, a, and, and they think they're bottoms or, or they think they, they might be submissives, there's a script, right? Like I need to, to take pain. Or, or something that is, is unpleasant to prove worth. Right. You know, I, I think that happens for, for some people, and I agree completely with, with Shermie that, um, I, I mean, if it isn't fun, it's play. Yeah. And if it isn't fun, don't do it. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean, when I, you know, I'm a, a pretty heavy bottom that loves to have limits pushed and loves deep, deeper play with people I trust. Um, and that's a different thing. And, and sometimes it is, you maybe know, Axe, you know, sometimes, sometimes having a scene like that can be incredibly connecting mm-hmm. and cathartic, but, but that's probably not most people. And a lot of newbies, they're, they're just exploring and they want to, you know, you got to, you, you know, I think we owe it to the scene to give them, include them and give them fun. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and and kind of put forth that idea, 
you know, that this is a community of, of play where we support each other. And, and that it should be positive experiences, not negative experiences. Right. And that it should be one of exploration. Yeah. That you shouldn't come in with a fixed role. Well, I must be this or I must be that. Uh, I can be anything I want to be and I just want to try yeah. stuff. And that's, a, I think, was something we should all try for. I think one of the things which turned me off the most of one of the earliest parties I attended, I walked in and someone said to me, are you a top or are you a bottom? And I said, none of your business, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was very offended by that question. Said, who wants was, to know? Right. And why? And, and I certainly wouldn't be anything to you. Right. Um, but that's the exception. Just to go in mind, the, the uh, rule is most people at these events or in tests are extremely accepting and welcoming to everybody. And that's a beautiful thing. Leatherwings, you mentioned something, too, about the people who come in, they think they have a script. That's definitely true. I, I see that a lot. I, I think I, I had this as well at a, uh, early on where I thought, oh, I have to I have to always say someone's mistress or, you know, even if they didn't say this, here's how I want you to, you know, address me or whatever. But I've seen, I don't know, in the past few years, I, it seems maybe there there's some very popular uh advice column out there that I, I, I haven't read that gives people this idea. There's This has happened a few times where someone will walk up, we'll be at a party or something like that, and I'll be with Saad, and someone will walk up to Saad, and this has happened where a, a guy will say, I'm the best submissive ever. I can take more pain than anyone else in the She was like, no thanks, I'm not really into uh, doing any pain play tonight. He goes, and then, without missing a beat, he says, I'm the best foot worshiper in the world I can do. And you could just imagine if we hadn't walked away, he would have gone down the list right. of everything because there was a feeling of, oh, I need to I need to prove something here. Whereas, at least I don't get the vibe that people aren't walking around the dungeon saying like, oh, he only took, you know, 50 cane swats and I took 55, I must be better. You know, that, that right. doesn't, but people in, who are new tend to think that this is a, you know, it is a numbers game or this is how the more cane swats, the better you are as a person, as a dismissive or whatever, you know. You know, I, I just to interject right again. I look at that exact situation as one of totally sadness. Here is somebody who is struggling yeah. to to demonstrate in some way that he's worth attention, yeah. that he's attention-seeking. Fortunately, most people that I meet in the scene are not like that. Again, I think this is something early on. If this person yeah. spent and, enough time and, in the scene and, and, and I met don't, enough people, it'd be I, Yes, I do know these people. Yeah. I've met them. Um, they don't seem to they don't seem to be long lasting yeah. uh in, in, in the in the cervicals that I travel. They come in and they really don't find a comfort zone there. So they may come in and say, "I'm the, I'm, I'm either I'm the master because I've, although I'm 21 years old, I've had 11 years of experience, right. or you know, on the other, as averse to the submissive, wonderful submissive I am, it's it's not finding who they are. It's really seeking attention. People yeah. who are really exploring them, really ex- genuinely exploring themselves, are much more attentive and opening to listening rather than. And I think in your case, in, in, in making statements which are totally yeah. ridiculous, right. you know, and I find that's uh, why we say that when clearly I'm the best submissive. I mean, I'm standing right there. I mean, come on, 
I've got you know, right. You know the uh, the legend in your own mind right, comes right. to comes to comes <laughs> right. to you. Of course you are. You and know so, I have to share this with you. It was a funny story, and it's a true story. I was at another event. It was it was floating well this past summer, and I'm supervising a scene. I was teaching somebody uh, fireplace skill, and I was just supervising. And this beautiful woman with her obvious slave comes over to me and says, "Hi, I'm goddess, and I'll leave it blank. Yeah. I'm one of the ten best professional dominatrixes in the entire world." <laughs> and I looked at her and said. Of course you are. <laughs> and, 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 and who was on the table getting lit on fire? Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll privately just right, right, right. share that with you. But, but, yeah. and, and yet I ran into her at, like, at Fetish Con, yeah. another event, oh. and she still had the same story. Yeah, yeah. And shtick. Well, she's interviewing 10 people, or she's done a survey of 10, right? And, and, and I'm, I, I, and you know, it's, it's, Okay, right. you know. Well, there's some people who get off on that type of thing. Right? You know, it was it was to me sides. it was very entertaining. Right. It made my afternoon. I mean, you know, I, and I I'm got like, to meet and a And I'm celebrity. like, when is she going to leave? When is she? She's in my headspace. I'm getting lit on fire, and she's just going on, oh my on God. and on. I don't think you were on the table at that moment. I was. I was actually. Were you? Yes. Okay, then that was yes. that you dropped your scene. Yes. Your, yes. Your <laughs> your mentee just, was. Yes. Working. Oh, that was a shared experience. Yes. I, I Build, I build, uh, I build websites on, on the side, and I had. Um, I have a card for you later. Yeah, oh, really. I, I had, I and and by the way, I hope your websites are accessible. I'm going to check them out. They should be. They should be. I've got. I, I, I've done. And all the basics should be there, so you should be good. Awesome. But the uh, I even add the meta tags to the the alt tags. So oh, beautiful. Just just for that reason. So the uh, but I, I I build websites and a lot a lot of the websites are vanilla and I do have uh, a lot of websites for pro dom friends of mine and other people kink whatever authors and whatever. And uh, I had a dominatrix email me uh, and say that, uh, uh, you know, I, I need a brand new website. My old slave who did it is not cutting the mustard anymore. And I will allow you to build me a website, blah, blah, blah. But you must complete it within a week or something. Whatever. And I'm like, and I said, uh, I don't. This sounds like a D and D event. Right, right. I, I said, I don't. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't work for free, and I definitely don't do websites in, in a week unless you're willing to pay a lot of money. And I'm like, she's like, it would be wonderful advertising. And I don't know what her voice was like, but I imagine it was like sort of a Carilla Deville type of thing. But but she was huh. like, I, you know, I will, you know, I will. You being able to build a website for me is the best thing for your career ever. You know, I know people. In NASA, or you know, just going on and on, I'm like, like I'll tell you what, the, you know, I'll take it under advisement, whatever. You send me a deposit, and then we'll talk or whatever. But it was, there's definitely that vibe out there, and it's, it's, I mean, it's funny now, but when you're first entering in the scene, people can take it. You know, those people are the ones who can take advantage of because you, you think that's how everyone is, right? Right. You you get this vision in your mind because it matches up with the porn, right? It matches up with the the vibe you get from porn. I'll never forget this this moment when when you know I was uh, on a cross, you know, early on in the scene, and my um, my partner was flogging me, and um, a woman comes by, introduces herself as Goddess Blah Blah Blah. And and sticks a business card in my mouth. Well, uh, first of all, like I, I'm blind, I'm in the dark. I don't know what's coming at me, right? right? So what? I'm like, what the heck is going on right. here? I'm like, yeah. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I don't, it, it takes all kinds, and there's it a does. humorous, humorous uh, 
uh, exclamation points that kind of go on the night. That, <laughs> right. And it's a good thing that we can laugh. Shared they are, they aren't the norm. It's a good thing. That, right. It's a good thing they're not the norm, I think, is that. That's and they're not. Point. Right. They're not the norm. But they're what we remember because they are outlying experiences. Yeah. But truth be told, when we put it in, at the moment, it may have been uncomfortable. But when we put it in perspective, yeah. it really was a hilarious moment. Absolutely, yeah. you know. And then, you know, you you can't be really aggressive or or oppositional to this situation. It's better to be deflective and 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 move on. Yeah, really. It it, it really is the only way to to deal with it. One of the questions I had for you, Shermy, I've got another friend who uh, identifies as a service top. Um, and one thing that she has experienced is, um, so let's say she's playing with someone and because she's a service top, she's just, she really wants to please the bottom, right? She's really interested in making sure they have a good time. And, uh, and that's her thing. Uh, but something she's experienced every now and again is that the bottom will want a level of DS or control or, you know, the opposite of service top mm. coming from her. They'll mm-hmm. want, you know, they'll want control. They'll want their will to be given to the, to the top. Uh, and, and she does, she gets really uncomfortable under those situations. She's like, no, you don't understand. I'm not, I don't want to control you. I don't want, even, even though you want that DS is not my thing. I just want to play. Do you ever have experiences like that where the person kind of misunderstands the, the nature of your kink or, or how you work? Uh, fortunately, I don't seem to have that experience. And I think it's because of what I primarily play with, which, and I play with fire. And, and when people are playing with fire, it really necessarily isn't a submission to me. It's, it's more experiential. Uh, and it's individual. For example, I play with some many very strong male tops, for example, who want to submit not to me but submit to the fire they want to you know process the experience and come out stronger because of it and i play with them with a different headspace than i play with for example a young woman who wants a very pleasant and multi-sensational massage uh and everybody i play with is different but i really haven't found myself at all being taken advantage of right um and, and that's my universal experience i really don't find people taking advantage of me. And part of it is because of the negotiation I do before. I'm very careful to make certain it's a comfortable space that we're both entering. And as a service top, if you're going to say, I really check in a lot to make sure, and I'm checking in not necessarily verbally, but even physically with my hand to feel if somebody's tense and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or relaxed and enjoying so I really do control where the scene is going in a, in a positive sense, not a negative sense. I get no joy out of terrorizing somebody, yeah. although I do get joy out of making them laugh and giggle and, right. and, 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 and maybe play that there. <gasps> but I don't. The one big thing I do worry about, and this is a re- fairly recent concern of mine, because I do play with people who are essentially strangers to me, I'm very careful in my negotiation to explain. The first time we play, I am not touching anything intimate right. if I can avoid it. And I ask, is there any place that you consider intimate where I, that's a definite no-go? And if you're feeling uncomfortable with anything 
I do. Would you please tell me right then and there so I can change direction? And I really explain is that we've dealt with a lot of consensual issues in the scene where people feel they were taken advantage of during play. And I really don't want to be that guy who the next morning somebody wakes up and says, you know, I really think I was violated or abused last night. And I got to tell everybody on FetLife all about it. Um, That's a a concern that I express with everybody (laughs) I play with now uh, from from, from the top is that it's about play. It's not about abuse. It's not about consent violation. We're going to be responsive to each other's feelings in the moment so that it can be uh, adjusted so that there are only good feelings now and in the future about what we've done. And by being so upfront with it, um, I think I've achieved a very good level of success, at least until tomorrow morning when I read Fet Life. Right, right. But But your reputation precedes you. It's it's, it's a really Mm -hmm. important thing to me uh, because I I don't want to... to be in that uncomfortable position. Unfortunately, I personally know people, and it's I'm not making whether uh, picking sides, abuser, non-abuser. I don't want to be in that dynamic yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and the heavier you play, the more likely you are to get close to that uh, area of, of of concern. Right. So I'm I'm really you know very careful now in that respect. Uh, that jumps a lot from what we've been discussing, but I, I felt no, no, that that's absolutely that's exactly what I was I was wanting to hear. So, um, guys, this has been so much fun. I hope you're willing to do it again someday. Uh, if uh, you, the listener, are walking around uh, any event, mm. uh, if you see Shermie, you'll know him by his big smile. And if you want to know Leatherwings, he's the one who's being overhelped by Shermie <laughs> and, 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 and 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 fighting. And kicking every step of the right. way. He was like, get this asshole get away from me. From he's me. the one saying, can he's you please someone t- distract Shermie? And feel, and feel free to friend us both on Fet Life. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Leatherwings uh, and Shermie. And I am. The only friends I do not accept are those with pictures of genitals as their avatar. Well, there goes that, my friend request. There, there is and, my hard limit. Right. And if, uh, unless, unless they're very attractive genitals, I will make exceptions. Right. And, and if and if you have a genital picture, just make sure you describe it in your email. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a mole that's been there from birth. I know I'll get it taken away. Uh, but they... Yeah, this has been so much fun, and people will be able to. Uh, I'll have links to your FetLife profiles uh, uh, up on on the Masterclass website for this episode. And thank you so much for doing this. I've been bugging Shermie for years to do this, and he finally agreed. Leatherwings, thanks for thank making you very much. Thanks for thanks for the for uh, for humoring the dumb guy questions. <laughs> I really appreciate it. They were excellent. Thanks, Shermie. Thank you, Leatherwings, and. Yeah, you can find them both on FetLife. That's it for this episode, and you can check out more episodes at massacast.com. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.